I always think I want to add to that opening, maybe with a little tune, me singing a little ditty along with the great percussion that you hear. But then I think, no, that would be a really terrible idea. (laughs) So I'm not going to do that. But what I do want to do is to help you with the overwhelming feelings of stress that you might be experiencing right now. Not only you, but your children. I can't tell you how many times just recently I've had parents come to me and say, Joe, my kids are going crazy. I don't know what to do. They're really struggling right now. Do something with them. I'm only exaggerating mildly. And then I ask them, well, how are you doing? Me? I'm fine. Why do you ask? (laughs) I said, well, maybe we should get you some help so that you can be that great intervention for your children. And so what I want to do is talk about stress. And I bet you want to help your children, being the good parent that you are, you want to help them deal with the anxiety, the struggle that they're experiencing. And the things that are stressing them out might be different than the things that are stressing you out. But there is commonality. There are things that both you can do that are very similar that you can teach once you understand what to do, your children what to do so that they can learn to monitor and respond to the world in a more helpful, adaptive way. How do you respond to all the stressful things? What are some of the signs? By the way, I have a new book coming out, hopefully within a week or two. Maybe right now you're listening to this podcast and you can say, wow, Joe, I can buy it right now. And the book is is called The Whole World is Going Crazy, But You Don't Have to. And that's where I want to begin today. Now, what is causing you stress? You can probably... I don't know, you'd more need more than two hands to count the ways that you're stressed out. Maybe it's COVID, maybe it's the economy, maybe it's inflation, maybe it's Thanksgiving coming up and you're worried about burning that turkey. (laughs) I don't know what it is that's causing you stress, but there are a lot of things right now and it's real and it's overwhelming and you might not be dealing with your stress in a healthy way, but you can't help other people until you help yourself first. Now, what does stress cause? I could go on and on and on, but I don't want to stress you out with an overwhelming, lengthy diatribe on the harmful effects of stress. But I do think it's important for you to recognize the signs that you are stressed out. And sometimes you might not recognize it. The big fancy word I love, which is, it's called alexithymia. And what it means is an inability to really read your own emotions. And if you can't understand and see the signs and symptoms that you're stressed out, you can't take those steps to address it. So what are some of those steps? Well, maybe it's the feelings of fear. Maybe you're angry or sad or worried or you're numb. You're just checking out. It's like, I can't deal with this. So you just check out and you feel numb. Or maybe it's frustration. Those are some of the emotional things the psychological things, but maybe your body is also telling you, hey, I'm stressed right now. How? A change in appetite. Do you find yourself wanting to eat more comfort food or do you find yourself eating less? Because we have a response with food. If you're stressed out, sometimes you say, I don't want to feel stressed. And so you eat because what that does while you're eating It's sending a message to the brain. Hey, you're okay. You're eating right now. You're not about to be killed. You don't have to race away. You don't have to run. You don't have to fight. While you're eating, that's the message it sends. But sometimes the brain says, oh, I'm so stressed out. 
shut down all desire for food. So that's why it's interesting. Food is sometimes you eat more, sometimes you eat less. But if you find your energy or your desires or your interests waning, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, you don't any longer have that feeling of get up and go. It got up and went. That could be because of stress. Another symptom might be you can't concentrate. It's difficult for you to make decisions. Or you're having struggles at nighttime going to sleep, or you finally get to sleep and you're having nightmares all night. Now, dreams are very difficult to interpret. I don't think that you can actually interpret them directly. (laughs) I had a a dream of counting sheep. It means I'm going to be a farmer. No, probably not. But if you have dreams like, oh, I, I don't know where I'm going, that could be a sign of anxiety. So physical reactions, headaches, body pain, stomach problems, skin rashes, all of these things are signs that you're stressed out and you need to do something with it. Now, stress is also a killer. It can exacerbate chronic health problems, mental health conditions, all of these things. It has a very negative effect. So you want to do something, and I'm going to talk about what you can do. But what you don't want to do, let me begin with this, and it'll keep very short. If you're stressed out, another sign or symptom of your being overwhelmed could be your increased desire to drink more and more and more. And I don't mean more water throughout the day. I mean, oh, wow, I better have a cocktail. What time is it? Noon. Oh, well, hmm. (laughs) Or taking drugs, you know, or abusing prescription drugs like opioids. Again, stress is a natural reaction to life going on. But you've got to understand the symptoms. You've got to see those symptoms and then say, okay, what do I do about it? So I want to talk about the things, the practical, easy, doable things that you can do right now to change your response, your reaction to life events. And I want to begin by saying, take a break. And what do I mean by that? Well, you're constantly bombarded by news stories, right? Including social media. So even if you're not watching CNN or Fox, you're constantly bombarded by the news, whether it's by Twitter or Facebook or whatever it is. Again, it's healthy. It's good to be informed. But that constant bombardment of information is upsetting. It's difficult. So I would challenge you, monitor how much time you're actually watching the news or on social media. Whatever it is, chances are there are better ways for you to deal with your stress than saying, I'm just going to take a break and get on social media because that's not helping you. I would ask you to consider limiting the time that you take to watch the news. Maybe just say, you know, I'm going to give myself 15 minutes during the day to really become informed. Or 20 minutes. Okay, fine. Be informed. But then turn those devices off and get outside. Disconnect the phone, the TV, the computer screen. Because when you're stressed, your body's taking a hit. And unfortunately, when you're stressed and you're not thinking about the healthy responses to stress, you tend to neglect the body, the soul. And so you want to think about things about taking care of your body by eating right, fruits, vegetables, lean protein, et cetera, et cetera. This isn't about dietary show, right? That's not me. I'm not doing that. But monitor, think about that. You know, what time are you going to bed each night? Sleep is something that's so vastly important and yet so vastly underestimated the value of sleep. 
And the best way to actually get back into a good, healthy rhythm, pattern of sleep, is to go to bed the same time each night and get up the same time each morning, including on weekends. Again, all of this schedule actually helps you to sleep better. Another thing with stress is you might think, oh, I just gotta, I just gotta check out for a while. And what do you do? You sit down and you binge watch your favorite shows on Netflix or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden you go, wow, I've just spent three hours or eight hours, whatever it is, watching TV. And what are you ignoring? Your body. From an evolutionary standpoint, we have not become accustomed to the sedentary life that we currently live. For the most part, again, if you look throughout our history, we've been running around the globe chasing animals to eat or cultivating the farm. It's really a more recent phenomenon that all of a sudden we have these big cities and we sit behind a computer and we in a cubicle and we just sit and sit and sit and we call it work. Now, again, I don't think that's going to change. We can't all become farmers or hunter-gatherers, but you can get out. You can put down the TV remote and pick up a tennis racket or go for a jog or go for a walk or get out in nature. All of these things are so important. Breathe. This is something else that you can do. Again, if you want to help your kids deal with their stress, then you've got to deal with yours. I say this frequently. What's the simplest thing that you can do to shut down the fight or flight response? You got to do it anyway. Breathe. Slow down. Deep, slow breath in through the nose. Hold it and let it out slowly. You do that just three times. Breathe in slowly. Hold the breath for several beats. Let it out slowly. You're sending a message to the amygdala. That's where the fight or flight mechanism lives in your brain. It says, uh, you can relax. You're not about to die. And yet if you're watching the news, if you're constantly engaged in social media fights and wars and battles and politics, that's exactly what your brain is telling you. You're about to die. You're not about to die. Breathe. Stretch. Pray. Now, why do I say pray? Am I biased? Yes. Am I a Christian? I am, specifically Catholic. But see, when you pray, you're actually reaching out, you're strengthening that relationship. You're making this connection not only between you and God, which is most important, but when you pray for others, you're recognizing the relationship, the most important relationship that exists between you, which is these other people. You not only pray for them, but when you're thinking, oh boy, I, I, I really pray that my, my friend who's struggling financially is blessed. Well, maybe not only after that prayer, you might get together with him and her or say, hey, you know what, I've got a way. I've got an idea that you can, how you can make some money right now. So again, when you pray, you're connecting with God and you're connecting with other people. And that connection also helps you to shut down the fight or flight mechanism. It reduces the stress response to all of the various crazy act insanity going on in the world right now. Now, again, if you're really stressed, what I would suggest that you do is to limit your alcohol intake. Choose not to drink. Or if you're drinking a lot and you say, well, I just can't not drink a glass of wine a day. Okay, but limit it. 
to one glass of wine a day, maybe two on the weekends. I mean, again, we do these things, you're trying to escape the stress, but the alcohol is not actually helping you to escape the stress. It's just going to make your body feel worse long term. And it prevents you from actually dealing with, in a healthy way, the things that are causing you pain. So again, all these things, whether it's alcohol or drugs, you know, now is the time, the COVID pandemic, so many people shut themselves off, separated themselves, even from their doctors, their healthcare providers. Now is the time to get back in, to do that testing, to do the screening. Take that time to slow down, to unwind. I tell people all the time, and as adults, you know, it probably sounds funny to say this, but go out and play. <laughs> go, go do something. You know, as kids, I think it's wonderful. You've got a playground set. It's like monkey bars and this and that. And boy, you just go out and you swing around. You fall off things and go, wow, that was a lot of fun. You play kill the carrier, tackle the person with the ball, whatever it is. And as adults, we lose that sense, the value of play. I'm not suggesting you can go on the schoolyard playground and swing around the monkey bars. I don't know, it might be kind of fun, but might look kind of odd too. But go do something, whether it's around a golf or running or hiking in the mountains. See, you got to do all these things. You've got to connect with what keeps you healthy. Because when you connect with what keeps you healthy, then you can begin to connect and help your children deal with their stress. So let's pivot. Let's look into this. What are some of the things that are causing your kids stress? Now, again, you might think it's the same, but your kids aren't so worried about who's elected for office. They're not thinking about the economy. For the most part, if they're still eating, whether it's hot dogs or steak, they're eating. They're okay. But it's natural for children to worry to look at the world and say, it's scary out there, it's stressful, because there are events that are helping them. And what can you do as a parent to help them? And I believe that is your most important responsibility. When you become a parent and you bring these little whippersnappers into the world, you've got an awesome and a huge responsibility. So what do you do? I know you want to do what's best for them, but what can you do to make their world a little less frightening? and a little more balanced. Well, I think the first thing that you want to consider is monitor what your children see and hear about stressful events, the things that are going around in the world. Now, I know this is an increasingly difficult challenge for parents because most kids nowadays have smartphones, so they can get online, they can connect social media, they can watch the news, they can do all sorts of things. But again, help them by restricting the time that they spend with social media and everything else. I would say start at mealtimes. Okay, no phones at mealtimes. No social media. No news. Now again, if you're imposing this on them, you've got to impose the same thing on yourself. Set your phone down. Find some times that you just connect as a family. I'm not saying this should be where it ends, just mealtimes. But more and more, carve out those times where you can just be there to connect with them. Kids don't do well when life is crazy. Nobody does well when life is crazy. So what do you do to help them cope? 
create routines, normal routines. Help them wake up at the same time in the morning. Commit to sending them to bed at the same time at night. Eat meals at regular times. Again, it sounds simplistic, but what they're doing without you saying, oh, I'm creating a stable life for you, you're actually creating a stable life for them without even using those words. God knows that you need stability. God knows that your children need stability. But maybe that's not what's happening right now. Isaiah 33, it says, God keeps your days stable and secure. And you've got to create that stability, that predictability in your children's lives. Another thing that you can do is to talk, to listen, to encourage them to express themselves. Because this is a skill that not only is important for them to deal with their lives as children, but if they don't learn this skill of expression, of feelings, of what's going on in their life and talking through these things, then they're going to find inarticulate or destructive ways of expressing their rage as an adult, which could mean violence or acting out in a way that's antithetical to the nature that God calls them to absorb and to adhere to. But again, if you talk to them, if you listen to them, it's not so much talking to them, but encouraging them to share. Be a good listener. Again, I I love what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, and I'm just going to paraphrase it. But this is very important when you're considering how to address your children. First and foremost, how you do it. I frequently say it's not so much what we say, it's how we say what we say that really matters, that changes lives, that changes hearts, that opens up ears or shuts people off. And when you're thinking about your kids and saying, gosh, I just feel like they're so distant from me. What can I do? Well, go to the gospel. Well, specifically Paul's letter, (laughs) not the gospel, but go to the scripture. And what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he said, you know, God didn't set you up for angry rejection, but for salvation. He died for you a death that triggered life. And whether you're awake with the living or asleep with the dead, You are alive with him. So, drum roll please, speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so you'll be all together in this. No one left out, no one left behind. Think about those words that you speak to your children. Are they encouraging words? Because again, No matter where you are in your life, no matter what's going on, you need encouragement and your children need encouragement. Teen suicide, I hate to even say this, has gone way up in the past few years. It's crazy. And you only throw the towel in when you think, I don't know what to do. I've lost all hope. And the thing that you can do is to provide hope for your kids. And maybe the step that you've got to do before you are able to provide hope for your kids is to provide hope for yourself by embracing your faith, by growing your faith. Again, traumatic events, even like COVID, it's important for you, it's important for your children to feel that they can share their feelings, that you can understand their fears and their worries. 
It doesn't mean that you solve every problem. If they have a problem because they just broke up with their girlfriend at school or didn't make the varsity team, whatever, you don't have to have all the answers, but you do have to be present. You do have to be available to them. You do have to listen to them because when you do that, when you show that you, you understand their fears, their frustrations, their loss, then they interpret the message, oh, I matter, I'm seen, I'm understood. Again, when Jesus was speaking to the people, he said, you know, when you really embrace this faith life, a life of God worship, he says, then what follows is you don't fuss about the mundane, like what's on the table at mealtimes or whether your clothes are in fashion. He said there's so much more to your life than the food you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Jesus goes on and he said, look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to job description, careless in the care of God. He said, and you count far more to him than birds. And your children matter so much more to God. And what God says is, you have got to let go of the stress. You've got to embrace me. You've got to know that you are in my care. I think about that all the time. I look at the beautiful birds that land in my backyard. I don't know what they are, but they're generally different colors. My wife knows all the names. Oh, that's a hyperangia. Oh, that's interesting. It too has two wings. <laughs> but then I think about the gospel. And I go, wait, as amazing as that bird is, you are so much more amazing. And all of your stress, all of your worry, you're not going to grow taller you're not going to get healthier. And you waste all this time on money and fashion. He said, it doesn't make a difference. But remember, God and his creation, and you are God's ultimate creation. You are created in God's image. Be aware of what your children are doing. Be aware of their mood because they might be expressing, because of their anger, that they're really just stressed out. And they're in trouble. And these stressful events that they encounter, it challenges their sense of safety and security. And if you're feeling stressed and vulnerable, you need to be reassured yourself. Your faith, your faith community. Because before you can reassure them that they're okay, you've got to experience that first. And how do you do that? We are meant to live in relationship. You are meant to connect with God and with others. And as a parent, it's an overwhelming and it's a difficult job. So reach out to other parents. Hey, what are you doing? Is your little Susie kind of crazy right now? <laughs> My little Johnny is crazy. They're all crazy. But you can address the crazy by addressing your own soul, your own heart, your own mind first. How? By your faith. By connecting with God. By connecting with one another. You can make it. How do you stay connected? What Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, he said, and he's speaking about salvation. He said, you know, there's nothing done or said that can't be forgiven. 
He said, but if you deliberately persist in your slanders against God's spirit, you repudiate the very one who forgives. He said, if you reject the Son of Man out of some misunderstanding, the Holy Spirit can forgive you. He said, but when you reject the Holy Spirit, that's something very different. Because then you're cutting yourself off, you're sawing off the branch on which you're sitting, severing by your own perversity or connection with the one who forgives. Stress will separate you from the life, the resurrection life, the beautiful life that God offers. Connect. Connect with God. Connect with your children. I will meet you back on the road. Until then, remember, always forward.